So he's saying, now go, go tell about the resurrection. And that's really what we're supposed to do, right? That's what we are supposed to do all the time. Why do we have a different outlook on life? Because of the resurrection. Now go tell somebody else about that. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace, and we're excited because we're going to be talking again today about the resurrection of Jesus and his post-resurrection appearances. Today on In Grace, we continue the Story of Jesus series. We're obviously getting near the end of our studies of the Gospels chronologically, uh, but there's actually quite a bit more still. I mean, the resurrection was near the end of the story of the Gospels, but there's still a lot more that happens in the different appearances that Jesus makes and subsequently his ascension. And so we're going to be in this series a little longer. And I'm excited because we've been in this series a long time. There's been well over 100 messages that I preached about the Gospels. And, and every Gospel writer has a unique perspective. And they they sometimes all say the same thing. Sometimes one says it one way and one says it another way, but they all do line up. And it's a miracle. And that's the miracle of inspiration. So we're going to look at the resurrection again today. And I'm so excited as we see Christ ministering to people. I love that God loves individuals. He loves you. And he wants to show his love to you and his care and his concern for for us in our lives today. Uh, we also are really excited because In Grace has a, a television ministry and a video ministry, and you can get our videos. The best way to do it is go anytime to YouTube and search for In Grace. And when you get there, subscribe, get alerts, like the different programs that we do. The reason is, first of all, you're going to be notified when we have a new video. And second, we're going to be able to reach more people because of the algorithms of YouTube. So we encourage you to do that. Look for the In Grace YouTube channel. That's free. And there's so much there about Israel, about creation, uh, about the Holocaust. We, we cover a lot of different things and we'd encourage you to do that. One last thing. Have you ever seen Alaska? I'd love for you to come along with In Grace with our creation speaker, Bruce Malone, my wife, Karen. We have a, uh, a group called Majesty Music that will be providing beautiful music for us. In the evenings, we'll be meeting together as we tour and cruise along the calm waters of the beautiful state of Alaska. This is in July. There's no vaccine requirements anymore, and we would love for you to come along. Go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel. ingraceradio.com, click on travel. Some people say, well, why did Jesus say, touch me not? And there have been some that have said that Jesus couldn't be touched because he was going to take the atoning sacrifice to the altar in heaven and he couldn't be touched. I don't see that in the text. I don't find that anywhere else. I think this is pretty simple too. In another passage, we find that the other women he appeared to later were like bowing down to his feet and kind of holding on to him. And, and that was fine for a moment, but he's like, listen, you need to let go, okay? I'm gonna be here for a while. You need to go and tell other people that I have risen, okay? I think that's all he's telling Mary here is touch me not or don't cling to me uh, because, and then he goes and says, 
I'm going to ascend to my father, but I'm also going to be appearing to my brother. Go tell them that. Go tell people. Go tell the disciples that I've been raised from the dead. Another thing that we don't find in our text is something that I think may have happened between the time Jesus died and when he rose again, and that is in in Ephesians 4, in verse 8, we read about Jesus leading captivity captive. Remember that verse? And I think that he may have gone at this point, after he had died, before he resurrected, and taken the souls of those that died in faith in the future Messiah, like, remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? Lazarus died in faith. The rich man uh, died in unbelief. The rich man went to Hades' torment. The poor Lazarus went to Hades' paradise. I think Hades' paradise was a temporary compartment that was where they would go, the soul departed souls would go after death in faith in the, before Jesus died. He led them captivity captive. He led them to heaven where God dwells. That heaven will one day be here on this earth. Okay, so I think that did happen. Some people, though, teach that Jesus went to hell for three days. Have you ever heard of that? I'm just trying to dispel some of the things that may or may not have happened during this time. But, and, and they base that on, in Acts 2.27, it says, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. And by the way, that's a quote from Psalm 16. If you want to look that up later, it's Psalm 16.10. Okay? So what does that mean? When Jesus says, you know, that the, the Father won't leave his soul in hell. Well, remember, this word hell means, it's Hades in Greek, or it's Sheol in Hebrew, same word. And it can mean, Hell, like we just discussed, Hades' paradise, Hades' torment, the temporary hell, the temporary heaven. But it can also mean the earth. So it's simply, you won't leave my soul in the earth. My body will not see corruption. I will be resurrected in three days. So I think it's the tomb, okay? So just trying to help you understand and maybe dispel some things that you might have heard. Jesus did not go to hell. Uh, he paid for your sins on the cross. He didn't need to go to pay for your hell for three days in actual hell. Now, let's look at Matthew 28 and find out what they were supposed to do. These were the women that knew that uh, Jesus had risen, and they departed in Matthew 28, 8, quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' words. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail. And they came and held by the feet. Remember how I had said they kind of clutched onto his feet and worshiped him. And that's fine. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Now we know Jesus made appearances to the disciples that day in the upper room. We're gonna get to that in a minute. But he also was gonna appear before at least seven of them up in Galilee. Remember, there's a lot that happened in these 40 days. So he's saying, now go, go tell about the resurrection. And that's really what we're supposed to do, right? That's what we are supposed to do all the time. Why do we have a different outlook on life? Because of the resurrection. Now go tell somebody else about that. Something that you know is true. Jesus rose again. If he rose again, it's all true. Okay? How do we know he rose again? There's an empty tomb, and he appeared before many, many, many people. 
Mark 16, 13. And they went and told unto the residue. I like that old English word, the old King James word, the residue. Uh, the, 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 the remainder of them that were still not uh, believing and not going to see if the tomb was empty. Neither believed they them. Can you imagine that? You're going to tell somebody some most, the most exciting and incredible news and they don't believe you. You ever had that happen to you when you've said something to someone and you know 100% it's true and they do not believe you? This happened to me. My dear wife, Karen, was driving a minivan. It was pretty new. And we had had some work done. There was a recall on the airbag and they'd replaced the airbag. And sometime after that, for some reason, we weren't connecting the two. Her car, without her pushing on the horn, would honk. And it would always honk when she was stopped at a stoplight or a stop sign behind somebody. <laughs> and they were mad because the light's still red or whatever. And they were shaking their fists and she's like, her hands are like this. I, 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 she literally said she did not touch the horn and it honked. So she tells me about this. I'm like, honey, you must have bumped the horn. Jim, I did not, I did not touch the horn. I can't believe you don't believe me. I'm like, honey, you must have. I mean, because it, horn, you know, horns don't just honk, right? Well, a couple days later, I was driving the minivan and it honked. And it honked at somebody that was honked at me for honking at them. So I get back home. I'm like, Karen, you're not going to believe this. Your minivan honks without you even touching the horn. <laughs> Have you ever told someone something and they didn't believe you? Well, there they were. Luke 24, 11, And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter. Okay, good. Somebody's getting up. Peter, of course it's Peter. Impetuous Peter, he's the one that's always going to say it first. He's the leader. He's sitting there. They're not believing it. Finally, Peter pops up and ran unto the sepulcher. And stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which has come to pass. That's Luke's version. Now, John also writes about this. And it's not just Peter that ran to the tomb. John was humble, but here we're going to see a little bit of humble boasting. You ever heard of someone humble boasting, humble bragging? So John tells us um, that, uh, yeah, it was Peter, John 20, verse 3. Peter therefore went forth, and then John always uses this way to describe himself, the other disciple. So that is true humility, but what you're going to read soon is, is a little bit of bragging. Um, so Peter and John get up. They hear the announcement from the women. No one was believing them. Finally, Peter jumps up. John jumps up. Peter gets a head start. John's running. And John says, so they ran both together. Remember, this is scripture. This is God breathed. This is true. So maybe John was trying not to say this. And it sounded really boastful, and it is. But maybe God wanted everyone to know that John won the race. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. You know, if he's writing this down, he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm writing this, and there it is. And came first to the sepulcher. So John gets there first, John wins the race, and he's there, but he doesn't go inside. Peter, okay, he, John stoops down and looks in, saw the linen clothes lying, 
yet went he not in, then cometh Simon Peter. Now you know exactly what Peter's gonna do, right? He opens his mouth and inserts his foot all the time. Well, this is actually a good thing. He goes inside, Peter following him and went into the sepulcher. So who really won the race? Right? Peter, he went inside. Um, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. How old is the earth? Did Noah's flood really happen? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than In Grace's exciting video series, A Walk Through Creation, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Creation Museum in Northern Kentucky with answers in Genesis founder Ken Ham. Together, they discuss how modern science actually backs up truths found in Scripture. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Bodie Hodge and Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to gain a deeper understanding of the young earth creation perspective. To get this limited time offer, call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. But after this, Jesus is going to appear to two more people, Mark 16, 12, and that he appeared in other form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. Now, right before that is probably when he would have appeared to Mary Magdalene as Peter and John were in the tomb. They came out, she was still there, and that's when that episode happened. But now Jesus is gonna appear to two more disciples. And this is a long passage. We're gonna go through this, and I think this is awesome. I love this passage. In Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. So a score is 20, three score 60. A furlong is an eighth of a mile. Do the math and you come up with seven and a half. So we have a, a city about seven and a half miles away from Jerusalem. There's two disciples that are walking away from Jerusalem, going to Emmaus. They're probably from Emmaus. They were discouraged, it says, and they talked in verse 14 together, all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. This must have been so awesome. I'd love to recreate this. Actually, our archaeologist friend says he knows where they, they found a road, an old Roman road that he believes leads to this town. And he wants to go film there. So maybe one day we'll have an In Grace episode on the road to Emmaus, the actual road. But this is what happened on that road. Verse 16. But their eyes were holden or hidden that they should not know him. So he was veiling his identity for, I think, the reason of uh, communicating with them, hearing, talking without them knowing who he was, and then revealing himself later. Verse 17, and he said unto them, what manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as you walk and are sad? What are you talking about? That's the modern English. What are you talking about? Why are you so sad? And one of them, in verse 18, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, 
Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? You know, he's like literally telling Jesus, the center of all of this, are you, are you not from here? You know, hast not uh, known the things that are come to pass there in these days? Like, how would you possibly have not heard all of the things that have just transpired? And he said unto them, what things? <laughs> and they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Of course, this is Jesus which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. So this was the big misconception. Jesus, the Messiah, had come just to free them from oppression. Remember, Israelis were, were freed from oppression by Pharaoh. Now Rome was oppressing them. Babylon had been oppressing them. You know, all of these different powers, these Gentile powers had been oppressing him. Now it was Rome. And Jesus, they thought, was come to, to redeem them and free them from that oppression. And by the way, he will. There's a future revived Roman Empire. Jesus will conquer them and he will rescue Israel and all of the redeemed at that time. But first, Jesus had to rescue us from something far worse than any physical oppression on this planet. He had to redeem us from our sin. That's why he died. He had just risen from the dead. They were probably getting up, walking away. They hadn't heard all the commotion of what was happening. And there he is walking with them. Verse 22. Yea, certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. So he's referring to Peter and John. Then he said unto them, oh fools. Now you say, isn't that a little harsh that Jesus would call them fools? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, obviously they had heard a lot. They, they didn't believe. Uh, I think this word could be unwise. And that's a nicer saying, uh, way of saying fool, by the way. There's always a nicer way of saying the same thing. So if you want to call somebody a fool, just say you're unwise. My dad used to say, Jim, for such a smart boy, that was an awfully stupid thing to do. It's better than saying to me, you're stupid, right? Why are you so stupid? Why did you do such a stupid thing? No, for such a smart boy, and I wasn't, but he said that. It was nice. I can't believe you did such a stupid thing, okay? So that makes a big difference how we say things, right? So either way, O ye fools are unwise and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? In other words, the, the, the Hebrew scriptures are full of prophets predicting this. How did you not know this? How did you not see this? Verse 27, and being at Moses and all the prophets, so Jesus goes back, beginning at Moses, which is the first five books of the Bible, and continues through all of the prophets, which are the the last books of the Bible are the prophets getting into the New Testament. And he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So there he is teaching these two disciples all about himself from the scriptures. And they drew nigh unto the village. So they're coming to Emmaus, whither they went. And he made as if he was going to go further. He was acting like he was going to continue on and they would stop here in this village. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. 
And so he, Jesus, went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat, that's dinner, food, with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them. Ding, 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 ding. Just like saying Mary, right? Jesus said Mary. Now he's, he's breaking bread and blessing it. Their eyes were opened. Suddenly they realized this is Jesus, the one that broke bread with them. They knew him, and then he vanished out of their sight. You say, what is it going to be like with our glorified body? Maybe you'll be able to come and go. Maybe you'll be able to fly. Uh, we will have flesh and bone, but I don't believe we'll have blood, but we will be able to eat, amen, without gaining weight. That's great, because he ate with them. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll gain weight, I don't know. But either way, it's kind of cool. You can vanish. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while, we, while he talked with us, by the way, and, and while he opened to us the scriptures, and, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. Remember, it was late already, and so they probably walked back in the dark, which is a dangerous thing to do, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, the Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how it was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. And next time that we study this, you will see Jesus appearing in the upper room. And he appears more than just then. He appears to 500 people at one time. He appears to his disciples in the, at the Sea of Galilee. He's going to commission them for missionary work. And then after 40 days, he's going to ascend into heaven and he's coming back. So here's the question for you. Have you put your trust in him? He's alive. He's offered you free salvation. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. It's free. Just take it. You say, how do I take it? By faith. Believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died for me on a cross and rose again. I trust in him. Right now, I make that conscious decision to put my faith in him. And when you do that, at that very moment, you have everlasting life. You say, it can't be that simple. I have to do something to prove that I believe. That's not faith, is it? It's, it's works. It's not works. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Okay? It's not of works. If you can work for it, you could boast. There's going to be no boasters in heaven. If you haven't received by faith Jesus, please do it today. If you still have questions about eternal life, about salvation, please contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. If it's after hours, please leave us a voicemail or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Get that settled today. The resurrection is the reason that I can have a, a hope for the future, that I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven, and I want you to have that hope as well. Right before we go, let me tell you how you can get equipped to understand the creation-evolution debate better and understand that the Bible is right. We are taking a tour through the Creation Museum. Now, we're going to do this tomorrow on the radio, but I would love for you to see this, not just hear it. To get a walk through the Creation Museum with Ken Ham, please contact us, 
Make a gift of any amount. It could be $5. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever that amount is, whatever the Lord leads on your heart, when you support in grace, more people hear the gospel. It's a wonderful investment. And you're going to get this great two-part video series with Ken Ham and myself at the Creation Museum. And if your gift is $35 or more, we're going to send you a similar tour of the Ark of Noah there in the Creation Museum's area, just uh, up the road a little bit. Uh, and that's with Bodie Hodge, Ken's son-in-law. And another video called Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. You really need to get all three of these videos that will help you understand God's amazing creation. Don't forget to get the video series, A Walk Through Creation with Ken Ham, for your gift of any amount. When your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a tour of Noah's Ark and dinosaurs that destroy evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.